The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and get a $500 risk-free sports bet by downloading the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning today. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com to get a $500 risk-free bet from us at Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 and a chance to win a million bucks. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, ring the bell for the first time in August. We are back on board. The only boxing show that you need to keep you up to date on the news, the insight, the previews, the recaps, the historical perspective of the sweet science. We are Big Fight Weekend. Thank you for finding us. I'm the somewhat lucid, somewhat capable host. We've been spending some late nights watching Olympic boxing amongst everything else they have going on with the Olympics in Japan that's in the middle of the night, uh, U.S. time. You know, it, it is kind of interesting because in other countries, it's early in the morning uh, for a lot of Europe, for example. But for us, it's late night in the middle of the night for what's happening in the Far East. But in keeping up with the fights, you're kind of able to keep up with some of it late night or at least the next day. So we're ready to talk about that. I'd love to tell you that we have big-time fight cards to really get excited about again for this weekend. Championship fight cards, not really the case, but we're still going to break it down. Straight ahead to help me with all of that is the senior writer at BigFightWeekend.com, Marquise John. going to talk to him in a moment. Friendly reminder again, however you found the podcast, whether it's a social media link, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, their network fleet of shows that we are a part of, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, uh, doing big things with the Sports Gambling Podcast, their app. Uh, you just heard me plugging for that. Get their app, the Sports Gambling Podcast app. You find our podcast right in their feed of shows. However you found the show, just make sure you subscribe to it or follow it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera, wherever you get podcasts. Just go ahead and follow us or subscribe, whatever the case is, and it comes automatically to you. Usually Friday, late morning Eastern time, around lunchtime, we're in the preview mode for the weekend. The show lives through Saturday, Saturday night's fights. Very interesting that Saturday night, late night U.S. time, early Sunday morning U.S. time, there could be, there's at least one, but there could be two Americans going for gold in boxing and I, I don't know if we'll ask him in a minute. I don't know if Marquise Johns was on the planet the last time that the U.S. was going for two gold medals in the same Olympics. It's been that long of a drought uh, for the United States men's boxing team to be able to pull this off. 
More on that, more on the fights this weekend, the news of the week, uh, all of that still to come. But again, subscribe and you get the podcast automatically when it comes to you. And again, we, we may come back with some of these more prominent fights coming up like Pacquiao Spence, or if there is a Canelo fight in September, the Anthony Joshua Alexander Usyk World Heavyweight title uh, showdown that's going on in England in, in uh, September as well. We may come back in in the recap mode off the weekend, uh, et cetera. And if we do and you're subscribed, ding, you get the automatic notification, you get the new podcast uh, right to you without us even having to, to share it on social media or anywhere else for that. All right. So let's get to it with the news of the week and much more. Here he is refreshed in the mile high city. I'm doing this show out of Champa Bay and the state of Florida, where we got gold medalists flying every which direction uh, from the Tampa Bay area and the state of Florida. Marquise Johns though, hanging in the mile high city of Denver, Colorado, not far by the way, from the U S Olympic training center in Colorado Springs, where you have been. So you've got the Olympic flavor that's been going on for the last couple of weeks. Week Sauce Radio, how you feeling as we're back for another week and another month on the Big Fight Weekend podcast? Pretty good, TJ. Reps, this month has been flying by, and it's been quick already. And pretty much this month is a, a pretty good weekend of sweet of cards coming up and down the pike, actually, all, all, all up and down. I'm actually looking forward to it. Yeah, we, we know there's going to be better championship fights for the 14th for next weekend, but we do have some action, a PBC show from Airboxing Champions right away again. Uh, they We're going to talk about the PBC show, show last weekend in Newark, New Jersey, and the heavyweight upset in the main event. They're coming right back a week later. Can you tell that Fox is trying to cram it in before football uh, begins with the PBC on Fox? They're going to come right back from Minneapolis with a welterweight main event that we'll talk about a little later. And I know you're interested what you mentioned. There is an IBF uh, championship fight uh, for whatever those are worth these days. Uh, coming up in the Matchroom Boxing Fight Camp Series, backyard of the Matchroom Boxing Headquarters in the London suburbs, Saturday afternoon, U.S. time. So you're going to be interested in that card as well from the professional standpoint, right? Absolutely, TJ. Uh, that fight is a rematch from 2013 of Kid Galahad and Jazza Dickens kicking off their, their, their grudge match from 2013 where Galahad won pretty cleanly. Uh, so so far, it, it's the build up forward is uh, and it pretty much TJ because I was the only guy uh, for uh, on Matchroom's media call leading up to the fights this week in the states because well it's a domestic card in the UK why are, why are Americans up at eight o'clock in the morning on the East Coast watching listening to this stuff so I was able to get I was able to get some insight on this TJ and the one thing I thought was really interesting about these guys uh, in that fight card TJ not only the fact that this is a better fight card as a whole for Eddie Eddie Hearn's backyard boxing fight camp series. It's also the fact that my new favorite heavyweight, TJ, Alan Babbick, took over the media call by pretty much being outlandish and saying whatever was on his mind wearing a, a Predator mask. I mean, you can't pay for this stuff anywhere else. <laughs> wait, wait. He literally on the on the Zoom, on the uh, video conferencing, had the Predator mask uh, on during the interview. Absolutely. Dark talking to to me and the fine folks over at Boxing Social, <laughs> Boxing UK, number of UK media outlets. Yep, he wore the mask. It's and if you get a chance, uh, guys, uh, at my Twitter handle, Week Sauce Radio, I have the thread of the media call of me taking oh. notes down of what these guys said. You can see this mask, and you can see his opponent, Mark Bennett, who has a shiner already, TJ, and he <laughs> who is who is probably going to get a number one. So that's the heavyweight undercard fight that we're looking forward to on that. So we're going to talk more about that a little bit later yeah. on uh, in the show. Um, and so let's get to the news of the week, the recaps. All right. So since last we talked, we saw a heavyweight upset. Speaking of heavyweights mm -hmm. where a late replacement, a guy on only a few days notice, Jonathan, Johnny rice out of South Carolina, who had lost six times 
in what 20 professional fights was called on short notice to replace veteran heavyweight Gerald Washington, right? Because of a COVID-19 positive test. So Rice showed up as the opponent, quote unquote, the guy that's supposed to, you know, maybe give a good showing, but lose to unbeaten heavyweight Michael Coffey in the main event. Coffey, the two tour of duty U.S. Marine at 35 years of age, late start on the boxing career. But man, oh man, the late replacement turned out to be not to the same extent of a heavyweight championship win and a monumental upset by Buster Douglas, but it was a lot like that in that this was out of nowhere and Rice dominated coffee last Saturday night, premier boxing champions main event in Newark, New Jersey, Marquise. Absolutely, TJ. And it was something that no one expected so much so. And I love that Fox does this on the broadcast for the main event where it says, hey, uh, Michael Coffey was a 10 to 1 favorite. So if you bet $100, you win 10 it, and stuff like that. And uh, Coffey was a <laughs> and, and, and Johnny Rice was a 20 to 1 underdog, depending on what sports book you're looking at. I only saw that 12 myself. I don't know where people are getting 20 from, but props if you put more money on Johnny Rice last Saturday. That's not friends. And, and, and we have to confess, we gave him virtually no chance. Don't even really mm-hmm. know who he is. You you mentioned we discussed it last week he had taken fa a jog by the distance yeah. in his previous fight in the top ranked boxing bubble but rice came in to his credit in shape motivated good plan and is exposed the right word on michael coffee where where a guy on like three days notice could use the jab and the overhand right and coffee couldn't adjust and couldn't figure it out did he get exposed somewhat last saturday night I think so, TJ, and it's one of those things where I don't think, obviously he wasn't ready for him because that overhand right that Rice was throwing, TJ, you could pretty much set your clock to it. He was throwing it often and repeatedly, and he did. That's what got him the victory. But with coffee, I think at this point, maybe it's one of those things where maybe it may just been the experience of Johnny Rice at this point being in. The, they mentioned before the fight where he was sparring out with uh, uh, Tyson Fury and Michael Hunter and those guys. Michael Hunter was in the, in the neighborhood watching the fight to root him on. So maybe it has maybe it's something to do with that as well. More than anything else, TJ, I just think whatever game plan coffee had wasn't working and it didn't work at all Saturday night. Well, and you got to give uh, Rice credit for being in shape and, and being able to land the overhand right. And something that I wrote for the website and we see this sometimes where fighters refuse to face the short notice opponent now obviously for coffee this is a network tv opportunity main event here so he had huge incentive for future money future big fights to hang in there with a replacement on three days notice but this is a a stark example not all the time that the the replacement opponent may be no joke and you didn't spend any time looking at him, training against him, being ready for him tactically, and yet Rice was ready for coffee and knew how to neutralize him with the jab. Maybe he'd have been better served just bowing out Michael Coffee and don't take the L because that was a damaging L the other night. A final thought on that? Yeah, TJ, uh, Rice, the the old boxing cliche that you hear all the time from fighters is you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Clearly, Rice was ready, and man, another PBC main event upset with the heavyweights, TJ. We we see this a lot more often with these guys more than anything else. Adam Konoski comes to mind off the top, but man, it was was not a good look for coffee on Saturday night. (laughs) Well, and he's got to regroup, and again, for Rice, does he get a rematch there? Does he get, I mean, again, this is a fighter that is now, uh, what, 14-6-1, and but good on him. Good on him that he was ready to go, and he certainly is going to get in a PBC fight of some significance after that win, and it was a knockout win, uh, stopping Michael Coffey 
uh, there in the main event. So we've uh, we've spent a lot of time on that uh, off the recap mode. Do you want to say something about Michael Hunter? Because since the last podcast, Hunter has fought midweek in the Triller Fight Club latest show. They've got a four-fight series going at Madison Square Garden's Hulu Theater, the adjacent, smaller, about 2,000-seat arena right next to uh, the actual big garden. Uh, Hunter destroyed uh, his opponent, um, it, it, what, in, in, in what, four or five four rounds? rounds? Wilson, right? Michael Wilson? Yeah. Light uh, the light. Uh, yeah, well, he got destroyed by Hunter, including the last booming right hand that laid him out. I don't know how the guy got up uh, yeah. after that. Are, are there big things in the offing here from Hunter, um, who, who's been in there with Alexander Povetkin um, and, and fought, a, what, fought a draw with Povetkin yeah. previously? And who else has Hunter been in there with and who is he looking to get in there with now? Well, the king with Hunter at this point is because he signed with this this deal with Triller for this this uh, fight series. He he kicked it off with the main event and pretty much these are the some of that Triller fight card on Tuesday. I'm, I'm just going to put what Ray Flores said on the broadcast: one sided ass kickings. That's pretty much what the fights were <laughs> up and down from from the from every fight on the fight card to the main event with the versus battle between Locks and Dipset. It was all one sided. But the reason Mike Michael Hunter got with Triller instead of taking this IBF mandatory against Philip Hergovic and pretty much because he wanted more leverage and more power in, uh, with, his, with his name and, and attached to it. And the one thing I will give him credit for, TJ, that he did on this fight card, he got the highlight real knockout against a very, very overmatched opponent. I think at one point, even Ray Flores said in this pre-fight notes that reading it back to everyone that Michael, Mike White Delight Wilson, who was the 37-year-old guy who got knocked out senseless in this, pretty much said he didn't need this fight. And, well, <laughs> he was gassed by round two, TJ, and he was knocked out cold by round four. So there you yeah. go. But <laughs> he, uh, he didn't need the headache that is probably yeah. still ongoing. After yeah, but the booming right. What what's yeah, but, next for Wilson in your opinion? Because again, we we pretty much know here that uh, I mean Joshua was fighting Usyk. If Usyk were to upset him, that's a rematch. If Joshua wins, then more than likely he's sitting and waiting for Tyson Fury. Fury Wilder happens. Where where does Michael Hunter fit in in another contender fight somewhere? Is he eventually going to have to come back? To Hergovich, which was the the fight that Eddie Hearn and Matchroom were trying to make, essentially what is like another, here we go again with the IBF, like an IBF number one eliminator. Hergovich undefeated 14 or 15 and 0, big Croatian, big punch. Is that is that Hunter's best option right now to go back to that fight? It's a fight I want to see, TJ, but I don't think it's a fight that Hunter wants. The, the names that Hunter was chatting out afterwards, I mean, everyone shoots for the gold. We know once they, they beat down Mike Wilson. And he mentioned names like Dillian White, Andy Louise. But the kit, the carrot that he's dangling, TJ, is that they had to come to Triller for it. So we'll see all how all of that really plays out. But bizarrely enough, also, this was a – of course, it's TJ with this fight against Mike Wilson was a WBA title eliminator for whatever version of the WBL belt that's available, I think. For Manuel Char's version of it, I think they stripped him of it. I mean, Trevor Bryant, I mean, what are we doing with this? But nonetheless, <laughs> he, he, he's, he's in that camp with, in the rankings. But the name I want to throw back out to you, TJ, in terms of uh, names at the, the WBA, and I, it's a name I, I throw in this podcast to you all the time in just, Ajit Cable is ranked number four in the WBA. So I expect someone along those lines, or I think Andy Louise is like ranked third as well, but he's waiting for uh, – like everybody else for Dillian White or someone else to come back around. But those are names that, that I expect Hunter to come around, come with, around with for Triller at this point, only because I think those are the only names that are, that are going to even, even chase after it. All right. So uh, there you go. in a little bit of the heavyweights, let's get to some news of the week. And again, a little bit later on here, as, as we like to do for sports gambling podcast, we'll get to the fight odds, including some Olympics talk 
and chances at gold medals for the United States, including in the super heavyweight division, speaking of heavyweights, where there's a California super heavyweight who has a chance to win a gold medal for the first time since 1984. Hello for an American to win the gold in the super heavyweight division. We haven't had a medal of any kind since 1988 and Riddick Bowe in the super heavyweight division, but there's an American super heavyweight that's got a chance at it. And we'll talk more about uh, Richard Torres later on and going for gold on Sunday, late night, middle of the night, U.S. time, Sunday in Japan in the final fight of the boxing tournament. Torres is in the main event. More on that in a bit. All right, quick updates because we spent so much time last week on Canelo Alvarez. We would love to tell you that there's more news that we're solidifying that Canelo's going to fight on September 18th. Marquise, at this point, there's no ironclad fight. Is he going to fight Dmitry Bivol, the Russian? We theorized that last week with our guest, Gail Falkenthal. We went around the table saying, is this going to be the fight? Is it going to be the catch weight? Bivol's management is saying, hey, look, we're talking about basically six weeks from now. And Bivol has got to know, is the fight at a catch weight? Is it at 168? Bivol is not even in the United States where he's got to come in. He's got to quarantine. He's got to test and start training. Uh, there's uh, there's great debate that a Bivol-Alvarez uh, fight hasn't gotten finalized, and that may not be on the docket for September 18th. I guess, question to you, how pessimistic are you that it's not even going to be Bivol, much less Caleb Plant? It's not going to be Bivol and that – Alvarez may fight a complete no name or may not be fighting at all on Mexican independence weekend, September 18th in Vegas. My thinking is TJ is that I don't think Canelo's going to fight at all. If, if, if they haven't, if they haven't got this to Bavol at this point. And as you know, TJ, when it comes to Canelo and any fighter that wants to fight Canelo within two weight classes of this guy is going to ask for this fight one way or another, regardless of time, regardless of the stipulations, considerations, concessions, B side, blase, blase money, whatever have you. That's all that matters is the money is Canelo. So essentially they haven't got this done with him, which means I don't think it's happening, TJ. And I think that date for September 18th is going to uh, insert musical act here, like no doubt reunion tour or whatever have you at the T-Mobile <laughs> arena, because uh, we're not getting boxing. I'm, I'm convinced on this point. Okay. But again, things can change. And you Thanks. may already know as we release the podcast on Friday, that they moved very quickly to get the B-Bowl fight on, get him in the country and it should be pointed out that they worked it out for Callum Smith on about five weeks notice last November, December to have that fight in mid-December. It's not ideal, but I under, I understand Bivol's concern, which is I'm, I'm walking around and he probably is right now at 180, 185 pounds. Um, and, and if I have to make 168 in the next six weeks, Maybe I don't want to do that because it'll sap me too much and I'll take a beating. And why do I, why do I want to sign up for that? So let's see if they can get it worked out. We'll see what PBC does with that date. Do they try to do another fight for Caleb plant on that date? Likely not. We will find out on that part of the news. All right. Speaking of more news out of the ring, here we go again uh, with the lawsuits and we're finding out apparently that the Paradigm Sports lawsuit, this is a management company, a marketing firm in Los Angeles, that thought they had a deal with Manny Pacquiao uh, for Pacquiao to maybe fight Conor McGregor, one of their clients, or another boxing match. So Paradigm sued because they also advanced Manny Pacquiao $3 million towards a, a fight, an upcoming fight that they say was an advance towards his purse. He says, nope, that was that was part of doing business here, and you couldn't make the fight that we wanted. We didn't agree. 
So Pacquiao is now deciding to fight the unified world welterweight champion, Errol Spence, without Paradigm Sports being involved. So they are suing him. They're trying to get an injunction to stop the Spence-Pacquiao fight from happening on August 21st, a couple of weeks from now. And essentially, it was so wing and a miss uh, on the injunction, apparently, here late in the week. It looks like Pacquiao spin's still going to happen, and good luck to Paradigm Sports trying to get their money back. Give me more, Marquise. Pretty much, TJ. I think Paragon Sports is a victim of a Manny Pacquiao $3 million handshake that has gone very, very awry. Because <laughs> And the reason why the injunction got thrown out, TJ, as you well know, is that uh, the, it, it, their lawsuit complaint is pretty much saying that uh, Manny Pacquiao's promotional folks uh, at Premier Boxing Champions, they're saying that they're not a promotional outlet. And uh, they've tried, people have tried suing Premier Boxing Champions for this before. I think uh, top ranking Bob Airman at one point did that, I think like five years ago. And that all got thrown out by the wayside. So essentially the injunction that they tried to, uh, to, uh, to supplant here is, is one that's already been, been settled in court. So good luck with that guys. Uh, hopefully well, one of they- the key parts. And again, uh, we probably need to get our buddy Dan lust back on yeah. uh, who does a fantastic job, the conduct detrimental website and podcast. We love his legal analysis and he comes on and talks boxing and the, and the contract law and the lawsuits with us. We had him on after the Deontay Wilder arbitration victory over Tyson Fury And we had him on also for Canelo Alvarez divorcing Oscar De La Hoya for his promotional agreement back a a year ago at this time uh, in September, October, when that went down. Um, Law Lust does a great job. And so I reached out to him and talked to him briefly off the air and said, where is the merit to the argument here that we advanced him money as uh, the pretense that we get to do his next two fights, his next fight or his next two fights. And Lust brought up a great point. They're going to have to demonstrate to the judge that Manny Pacquiao agreed in writing, this is an advance on the next fight, and here is the next fight, and here is the likely opponent for the next fight. That would have to be in writing for the judge to look at it in writing and say, you have violated the contract. I'm giving you an injunction. If you stayed with me on that, Marquise, did I do okay on explaining that? Uh, Because essentially what Paradigm is saying, we gave him money, but we don't have anything in writing other than a theory, our theory that we could make a Mikey Garcia fight. We've been talking to Garcia but Manny never agreed, and a judge is going to look at that and say, if I don't have it in writing in front of me, I can't rule for you. That's essentially, I believe, what's happening right now. Yeah, TJ, and, 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 and honestly, that's impressive where I can't get a contract anywhere in the world for $3 bucks on the principal theory that I would come back to it. So well, eh, I, they're I claiming they now that they advanced him money, that they said, this is a good faith thing where we're going ahead and giving you part of what we're going to pay you for the first fight. And of course, Pacquiao and his camp all too quick to say, okay, give it to us. Uh, and I know you wrote about this when writing about the paradigm lawsuit and now Manny's countersued them yeah. disagreeing over that point because Pacquiao says, no, no, that was this essentially uh, a signing bonus. You gave me that money. You promised me endorsements. That that was not an advance. Where is it in writing that that was an advance towards my purse of a fight that isn't going to happen? So that's the dispute. And here's the other thing, Marquise, before we bore everybody to death with the legal process, good luck on getting it resolved in the next few months, maybe even years before yeah. Paradigm tries to get their money back and damages somehow, some way in the suit. I, I mean, I, I, 
I think it's fair to say Manny Pacquiao may be long retired before the paradigm lawsuit is resolved, settled, litigated, whatever, on trying to get that money back. Good luck, right? Yeah, pretty much, TJ. It's, it seems like they, they kind of flush us down the toilet a little bit. But knowing boxing and boxing losses, TJ, this would be one of those things where Manny Pacquiao will come back out of the war like, you know, two or three years down the line in an exhibition of some sorts against Conor McGregor on one good <laughs> leg. And I'll, and I'll be, you know, well in the kingdom when everyone makes their all money again. So... <laughs> All right, fight picks coming up here on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Again, however you found us, we're going to do that in a bit. Uh, one more thing, too. They put the tickets on sale for the Anthony Joshua Alexander Usyk fight. Uh, again, a unified heavyweight title, WBC, WBA, IBF belts to be on the line September 25th. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium just north of London. Again, full disclosure, I have been in that facility for an NFL football game and involving one of my uh, employers in the fall, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We were there two years ago before all the COVID-19 mayhem and madness for an NFL football game. It's an amazing state-of-the-art facility. I got to walk around some, and they were wanting to have Joshua fight last summer in that facility against Kubrat Pulev. They eventually had that fight with very few fans last December. They didn't have it in the outdoor stadium. So this one to be in the outdoor stadium in Marquise, the, the story here is that the fight apparently sold out very quickly, but not without some headaches in the pre-sale and a lot of angry fans that were trying in the pre-sale for matchroom boxing on Monday to get their hands on tickets and simply could not. A lot of ticked off people in the UK that were trying to get their hands on ducats for Joshua Usyk in September. Absolutely, TJ. And it's a tough fight to get. And, I've, and I'm still under the theory, TJ. And, I, and we've, we've seen this before with these matchroom cards where they, you know, surprisingly sell out in record time and uh, in, in, in circumstances. And we wrote about how they couldn't, people couldn't, just John Q. Public couldn't get a ticket to begin with. And all of a sudden now it's sold out. So if you put two and two together, guys, once again, the matchroom boxing ticket office is currently in the hands of uh, third party uh, scalpers, vivid seats or whoever. So... <laughs> If you, if you need your ticket, you're, you're going to have to go through. A, I guess uh, uh, what's the the the, uh, the common complaint was StubHub UK yeah. that he apparently sold them or gave you know gave them in the deal thousands and thousands and thousands of tickets, and the resale prices when you're looking at them late in the week here are four <sighs> and five times what they were for face value. So there's obviously demand. There's obviously demand. Uh, again, it's not clear out of the 65,000 plus that they can seat for an NFL football game, an English Premier League soccer game, as we call it, football over in Europe. Mm -hmm. They can seat 65,000. It's not clear. Are there going to be 60,000 seats for this? And one more thing to put in there, and I wrote this for the site earlier in the week when I was writing about the ticket fund. Yeah. What happens if the Delta variant of COVID-19 continues to flare up, not only in the United States, North America, but worldwide in the UK, and we go back to restricting by the time we get to September, how many people can be there? What happens instead of 50, 60,000, you can only have 10,000 because they have to socially distance. That is not an unrealistic problem that could be on the horizon, right? No, not at all. And actually, to piggyback your point, TJ, also they just put down, I think today as well in the UK, uh, uh, Mexico was on their uh, red state list, which means if you're from Mexico and you want to fly over to the UK, uh, you can't, which could be Ooh. a problem, as you well know, TJ, because uh, there's a couple of uh, matchroom fight camps happening in about two to three weeks with uh, 
a couple of Mexicans on it. Uh, most most notably the uh, Laura Warrington rematch. And uh, if he's in Mexico still, he can't fly over. Uh, that fight's off the books. A little tough. So, yeah, good point. A little tough yeah. to make that happen. Got to try to work around that. But you're right. I mean, we yeah. no one right now should assume. I know uh, I keep referencing Gail Falkenthal was on this Big Fight Weekend podcast last week, yeah. and she said, do not make non-refundable travel arrangements. Yeah. All right, well, I'm, I'm just following up on that by saying now that we've gotten into August, no one should assume that we are going to be full-fledged, full stadiums, full arenas in North American sports for the upcoming college football and NFL seasons, the current Major League Baseball season, um, where a lot, of, a lot of stadiums have gone back to full capacity for Major League Baseball in this country. This Joshua Usyk September fight where they're hoping to have a full stadium. No one should assume that this is just going to happen uh, coming up. Uh, in September, that it's a foregone conclusion. We, we may find out in two or three weeks that everybody's restricting things everywhere if the COVID-positive numbers continue to rise. Be ready. Be ready from week to week that this could change and go back to being restricted. Uh, just please tell me that we're not going back to fights with no fans again in bubbles in the sterile environment. But we may, we may be headed towards something like that. It may be. One of the things where just no one knows what's going on, and obviously with COVID, we the future obviously. So we're we're pretty much at the at a wait and see with all of this. And if more these countries are starting to clamp down and tighten up, then it, it only it, it's only reciprocal. And if memory serves me, what TJ isn't the UK doing like this whole weird like vaccination card thing where you have to show proof of that you have this stuff? Where I know that's a, that's a big bone contention, kind of like here in the states. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens with all of that. But I don't think that, that Usyk Joshua fight is completely sold out. If you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> well. We'll find out. And again, uh, what you're referencing, that they would have to have uh, vaccination proof, negative COVID testing um, in and around this. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Again, because there's great controversy in the United States from state to state, the state where you used to live, the state where I am. I'm not in the state of confusion, the state of Florida. Yeah. You've got a governor <laughs> uh, who's saying you cannot have a mandatory uh, essentially uh, a vaccine passport requirement for businesses, for restaurants, for whatever. You can't, you can't make it mandatory. Then you have other states where they're saying, oh, yes, you can. You can yeah. make it mandatory here in our area, in our state. So it's a debate here. And what are they going to do in the UK? What are they going to do in England? Yeah. And how is it going to escalate? How is it going to change? We'll find out for Joshua Usyk. And again, there stands to be a barrage of great weekends of fights referencing again that Oscar De La Hoya coming out of retirement September 11th on that Saturday night in Los Angeles, all things being equal. Is there a September 18th Canelo title fight in Las Vegas, which would be sandwiched in between this unified heavyweight title fight, the 25th Joshua versus Usyk. And then still to come a couple of weeks after that, in theory, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, in Las Vegas, the much-delayed third fight between those. So essentially, in about five weeks' time, you would get, what, four important fights. We hope, we oh. think, if everything continues along, Marquise, one more time. Absolutely, TJ, and I hope we do with all those fights because those are big fights as a whole. And the one thing with uh, COVID that I realized as well, TJ, with a lot of it going on, and, and pretty much here in the States, as you well know, because you're in Florida, here in Colorado, to give you a great example, of, they're not doing anything in Florida because it's the Wild West down there. But out here, uh, they got, if you're a government or a city employee, you better show your vaccination card or you're not working. That, that they've, they've already dropped a gavel on that here as well. So it's, 
we'll see how everything progresses from city to day to day with that. But as 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 states clamp down weirdly here and everyone else around the world, it's it's going to be interesting. And we should mention too, since we we released the podcast last week, and you know I was out in Las Vegas. I talked about it here. I had it all over social media. I was in Las Vegas uh, with my wife and with my twin daughters, turning thirteen years old. Back now a month ago, they have now reinstituted the indoor mask mandate for now in Nevada. And this is for the rest of August, which means for Spence Pacquiao, regardless if you're vaccinated or not, they're going with masks in the T-Mobile arena. This is the same with casinos, with restaurants, with shows like you were joking, concerts, shows that you're going to go see. They've reinstituted for now for August. Uh, the mask mandate. I don't think there's going to be an exception for Pacquiao Spence, but appar- apparently that's back in. So each state is doing what they see fit and what and what they think is best. And we're doing what we're, we're, we're trying to do and seeing what's best with us. Marquis, stand by. We've got more on the way. Fight predictions coming up, including the U.S. Olympic boxing team. Are we going to see a gold medal or two maybe this weekend? All of that coming up as we roll on. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You've got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all the favorite teams, the players, the sports. We've got the NFL starting up soon. Uh, Major League Baseball is ongoing. You've got the golf. You've got the MMA. Uh, Pretty soon the NBA will be back. The NHL will be back. College football and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need with WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today. Get a special offer. Get a risk-free $500 bet from us at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network by just downloading and using our promo code SGPN. Download the WinBet app. Visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to find out more right now. If you're ready to play, if you're ready to win, they're the premier sports betting experience. Download, bet, and win with WinBet. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. And the football season is ready to kick off, and PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. Because with PropSwap, your bet doesn't have to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. An example, the Atlanta Falcons right now are an 80-to-1 underdog to win the Super Bowl. Now, you might think that's ridiculous, but they have the easiest strength of schedule in the league. So if you think they'll get off to a hot start, go ahead and make the 80 to 1 bet before the season. Make it right now if you want to, and then sell that for a big profit after only a couple of weeks. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 a month just by listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember, go for two. Make two tickets on the same team. You can sell one for a profit and leave one for yourself for skin in the game. Again, your bet doesn't necessarily have to win. It just has to improve. Think of it like the stock market. Get started today at PropSwap.com. Download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. 
We're also brought to you in part by Paramount Plus. The summer of soccer continues on Paramount Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including the UEFA Champions League, the Europa League, Italian uh, Serie A, uh, as well as the uh, the Brazilian division, uh, all over the place. The NWSL, the Asian Football League, the CONCACAF Cup that just concluded. You find all of this in one place, and that is Paramount Plus, it's the best of the beautiful game. Beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapino, Puslich. Be part of all the excitement as the champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on Paramount Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com. Start your free trial. Stream every soccer match live. And we're brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com, use our promo code SGPN, and get a free $25 bet. That's right, sign up right now. Get a free shot at a million bucks. Download the app in the App Store, the Google Play Store, and sign up at underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves. Indeed, continue along once more back in here on the podcast. Marquise Johnson, your writer, BigFightWeekend.com, is back joining me uh, here as we get ready to preview the weekend of fights. Reminder again, follow us at Big Fight Weekend. Also, uh, find the website, BigFightWeekend.com. Find our Facebook page under Big Fight Weekend. And I haven't made mention of this enough on the podcast in addition to our sponsors. You can get your Google device or your Alexa to play Big Fight Weekend on Apple Podcasts. Just enable it and say to your Alexa or your Google Podcast, anytime, play Big Fight Weekend podcast on Apple Podcasts and it will play. The latest episode will play and will fire away. So it can't get any easier, Marquise. You don't even have to go hunt for the podcast, even through one of the podcast providers. Just talk to your Alexa or your Google, and it will play it. It doesn't get any even easier. That teaches you. You mean to me I can have someone just play the podcast I'm already on already for me? Yeah, I'm upside. I'm sold already. <laughs> Apple Podcast, guys. It's big fight weekend. Is that easy? Yeah, hands-free. It gets taken care of. All right. So let's get into the fights for this weekend. Some odds as well as uh, the guys at Sports Gambling Podcast. Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows always love us to go over the odds. We made mention we'll start in the United States. We'll be biased for the United States, and I promise we'll get to the Olympic boxing and what might happen with those uh, coming up in a couple of moments. But we do know there's the PBC on Fight Card, Premier Boxing Champions in Minneapolis. Two weekends in a row, PBC on Fox. Again, they're trying to get in the fight cards, the the – Stipulations are they want a show a month for the what's left of the contract of, of Fox and PBC. Uh, that's what's guaranteed in the deal. So this is the August show that they're now running 
one week after running the July show in Newark, New Jersey. This is at the Armory in Minneapolis. Tell me more about the welterweight main event here because it involves an up-and-comer, kind of a traditional pitting of a young up-and-comer against a veteran that may be at the end of his career. What's going on on Fox Saturday night in the U.S.? Pretty much, TJ, we got a Walter White uh, pretty much showcase on PBC this Saturday. Pretty much the same format like it was last week where they had a couple of prospects. Uh, this one in the main event, Imatias uh, Stanionis is taking on the greatness of Luis Colazo, TJ. And the last time we all saw Luis Colazo, I was there in person to see that on October 2019. Uh, he was the co-main event for Gavazic Better BF, and he had one arm then. So, And he joked about <laughs> on social about being retired mm. like during this pandemic. Nonetheless, he's not now. He's fighting this Saturday, and... It's gonna be it's gonna be rough for him, TJ. Only because of Stanley Owens is, is, is a hard puncher. He's one of those guys that they're, they're trying to prop up a little bit here as he moves up the, move up the ranks of the, the uh, WBA brackets here. And I just don't know. We'll we'll find out, TJ, real quick how much Colazo has left. He survived the last time around in 2019 that with, with 10 rounds, but uh, that was against a uh, a uh, Kubart. I think it was Arbadillo. Yeah, yeah that, that was that guy. And he, that guy's just not that good. This guy is a little better than that. So we'll see how long uh, Colazzo can survive with this fight for the most part. And again, Colazzo, I remember being in attendance for the Keith Thurman Colazzo fight where, where wow. uh, Colazzo actually uh, got in a good body shot on Thurman and had him in a little bit of distress and was pushing him a little bit and then suffered a nasty cut, couldn't see and quit on the stool against Keith Thurman in a Thurman PBC main event on ESPN it predated the Fox deal yeah back (laughs) back in the summer when PBC was bouncing around from network to network and that fight actually ended up being on ESPN with those guys on the call so Colazzo has been around uh Stananias did I come close Stanonius Stanonius I was close there yeah he's the headliner and he is minus 1200 to win this one in the PBC main event while we're on it, anything else on that card right now of interest uh, for Saturday night PBC in Minnesota? Well, TJ is weird. Like this PBC card this Saturday is a, is a, is a, 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 a tribute to yes. PBC names of yesteryear. We got uh, Luis Colazzo in the main event. We got Devin, the great Alexander opening up the card. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it, I, I didn't realize if this is be on Fox or Beckham was PBC was still on bounce, but nonetheless, the only fight I really have a, a legit interest in, honestly, TJ, because it is a 50, 50 fight per, for the most part is uh, Gabriel Mastre, uh, the preserved waterway prospect is taking on the professor, Mikhail Fox. That's going to be interesting. Mikhail actually is at plus 300, uh, by the way, that, that if, if, if there's anything that you want to put money on, Take a flyer on that one. Outside of that, TJ, these these fights are pretty much open and shut cases. Like Sam Martinez facing Devin Alexander, who's I who, who we all haven't seen in two years as well. It, it, a lot of guys on layoffs, TJ. Come come and get some ring rust off. Yep. And again, those are welterweights, uh, Mastre and Fox. Uh, the same with Stanonius, if I got it right, and Calazzo. Mm-hmm. We'll see them. Um, all right. Earlier in. Uh, action at uh, the fight camp Saturday afternoon, U.S. time and Saturday evening, prime time backyard of the matchroom headquarters is the second of their fight camp series. Of course, we did not have the Connor Ben welterweight battle as a main event last week because Connor Ben tested positive for COVID-19 mm-hmm. uh, in the main event. Uh, Lee Wood pulled the upset over the Chinese uh, WBA regular featherweight champ uh zoo con so uh lee wood pulled the upset they may have a rematch of that fight all right so fight camp part two what interests you including for betting purposes out of the eddie hearn card here in england for the betting purposes on this on this card tj 
personally, I think the main event is actually intriguing on my end. I think Jazza Dickens and Kid Galahad is a lot closer than the actual odds on it actually are. Uh, you can get Galahad at minus 300. I think Dickens at plus 240 is not bad personally. The rest of the fights on this card, TJ, you could probably parlay because it's double-digit underdogs in this one. Uh, like Alec Babic, who I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, he's negative 1,500 against uh, Mark Bennett, who came into the, uh, the media call this week with a shiner and uh, will probably be <laughs> at the weigh-in with that same shiner and will probably have a second shiner once uh, he faces Babbage on Saturday. Uh, pretty much of that, that's a lot of prospects as well, TJ. I, wa- I want to throw out another name as well. Johnny Fisher, the, the uh, heavyweight amateur they have as well on Matchroom. He's in a, a uh, another step of fight against uh, Danny Whitaker. He should stop that guy easily as well. But pretty much, TJ, if you can if you can parlay the favorites that have like these double digit favorites on them and to get fifteen bucks, maybe that's your best bet on that. But outside of that, and I'm interested so in the ladies' non-title fight, the female bantamweight fight. Ebony Bridges and Beck Connolly are fighting, and just from the standpoint that Ebony Bridges was very valiant, not just a pretty face. Not, not just, uh, as we like to say, uh, politely well-endowed, surgically enhanced. Uh, Ebony Bridges was tough, and the fight with Shannon Courtney. She had a nasty left eye, swollen left eye, and continued to fight on, bleeding. Could have very easily given up, so she's back and, and rewarded with another opportunity here on the Matchroom card. Uh, and no matter what your feeling is on ladies' boxing, uh, Clarissa Shields, uh, Katie Taylor and all the rest here. I give Bridges a lot of credit for how valiant, how game she was with an injured eye in her last fight. She's back on this undercard as well for Dickens and Galahad in the main event. Few minutes left here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Let's talk Olympics. And despite, as we said earlier, NBC doing their best to virtually uh, ignore in, in any kind of primetime fashion or a decent hour to see these fights. Uh, in the United States. There are some Americans that have done well in the Olympics. Let's hear it for Duke Reagan of Cincinnati, Ohio, because Duke comes through with a silver medal, our first silver medal uh, for a a U.S. fighter in uh, since Shakur Stevenson, right? Shakur Stevenson got one in the 2016 uh, Olympics as a silver medalist. Um, and for Duke Reagan, he had a, he had a gold medal fight. I watched the gold medal fight with a Russian opponent, uh, who was very aggressive as a Southpaw. It was close. Um, but I, you know, one thing I'm not making excuses here. Duke Reagan looked a little fatigued as that fight went on because you're fighting a third fight, a fourth fight. And the Russian was just in a little better shape. They're both 23 years old. The young Russian Southpaw. Uh, was better, got the decision, got the gold medal. But let's give it up. I mean, Cincinnati's Duke Reagan, who had turned pro because of the mm-hmm. quirk, they let him come back in as a professional fighter and fight as an amateur. The same thing with the Russian. He came back in uh, after three pro wins. It was the first time ever, Marquise, two fighters that have turned pro and had pro fights fought for a gold medal in the Olympics. First time for everything. That was the first time that it happened. Let's give Duke Reagan some credit. He he won some fights, got all the way to the championship fight. He gets a silver medal out of that. No shame in that. Not at all, TJ. Considering uh, as for, for, for especially for USA at this point, especially with their medal count, and considering that most of these guys at the USA that are supposed to win medals don't have medals right now. Looking at you, USA basketball team. Yeah, no, it's a, it's amazing. Where the Reagan pretty much was even even d- despite NBC's denial of watching boxing for everyone in America here. Uh, and it's funny because there's a piece for Big Fight Week that I'm working on, TJ. I wanted to tell you about as well. Where pretty much the viewership for this, these Olympics are is cut in half. 
And pretty much half that reason why is because they put everything on the app. I don't know if anybody knows this, TJ, but not everybody knows how to use an app. I, as right. crazy as that sounds in 2021, <clears throat> there's a lot of people who don't. And I've been helping people around here, like uh, pretty much doing my, my good Samaritan part as possible. But if you don't have Peacock, you're out of luck. But back to Reagan, it's amazing. He had a great run, TJ. He went four and one. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more from a pro that went back to converting back to an amateur style, which, you know, you're not back to used to again. And then he almost got, he almost got the gold. I'm, 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 I'm glad for him. And, and all this does that, as you know, TJ, with these guys that are currently over there, that they're, they're, they're somewhat pro that are, they're over there now. They're going to come back at some point after this Sunday. This is going to elevate their stock. Like with Duke Reagan and Keyshawn Davis, these guys are household names at this point now. <laughs> well, that's good for them. And we're on that point in a moment. Yeah. Um, again, Reagan had a shot at gold. Uh, we'll qualify it this way. At the time that we are taping, uh -huh. we know that Richard Torres is already in the gold medal finals yeah. Saturday night, late night, early Sunday morning, depending on your time zone, U.S. time. That is Sunday afternoon in Tokyo. Torres will go for the gold medal um, in his main event fight, um, which is actually a rematch. So that's a super heavyweight gold medal fight. So Torres, just like Duke Reagan, is guaranteed at least a silver medal. We have not had either a silver or a gold since 1988. Uh, that That is when uh, George H.W. Bush, Bush 41, had just been elected uh, or wow. was about to be elected president in September of 1988. The Olympics were September that year in Seoul, South Korea. That's the last time that we got a silver or a gold, and it was Riddick Bowe winning a silver medal, losing the gold medal final in 1988. Richard Torres going for that on Sunday. It is a rematch uh, for Torres as he will be fighting uh, a guy that beat him in the world championships. And I'm going to try the name Bakadir Jalalov. He's an Uzbekistanian, an yeah. Uzbek. Uh, Jalalov is the world champion at super heavyweight from 2019. And he knocked out California's Richard Torres uh, back in those 2019 semifinals, knocked him out cold in the second round of that fight. They actually Marquise carried Richard Torres out of the ring after Jalalalov knocked him out two years ago. So again, we've got a little lead time releasing the podcast. We know Torres is fighting this guy, super heavyweight gold on the line. Say something real quick about that, because he's got a chance to be the first gold medalist since 1984. Tyrell Biggs at super heavyweight. It has been that long at 201 pounds or heavier for the United States in the Olympics. It's, in it's incredible. And it's amazing, TJ, if Torres can do pull this off with the with pretty much as, as the upset, getting a revenge as well against Uzbekistan. I think it's Jabakov, if I want to say his last name. I'm probably stabbing it as well. But no, yeah, because he was knocked. Yeah, TJ, he was absolutely starched in 2019 when that knockout back in the World Championships. I know pretty much, TJ, that's one of those things where it's like we, when you get hit like that and you, and you know you have a chance to, to redeem yourself at it, you know he's going to come with something, right? So I'm looking forward to seeing how that, that – that shapes up in the, the fact TJ, that we can we, we can have a US and super heavyweight bring back goal for the first time since Miami Vice was a thing is always good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we should qualify it again this way before we get out of here. Keyshawn yeah. Davis is the lightweight hopeful to win the gold medal. Keyshawn Davis guaranteed at least a bronze medal in the semifinals at the time that Marquise and I are taping the podcast to release on Friday. We don't know the result. Because, again, the fight is in the middle of the night, uh, U.S. time, 
on Friday morning, late night, Thursday night, Friday morning. So you're going to know that result as Friday goes on. We believe that Keyshawn Davis is going to advance at least to the gold medal match at lightweight. By the way, Marquise, looking to become the first gold medalist at lightweight since, do you know this off the top of your head, the first lightweight gold medalist, if Keyshawn Davis can get there and can win the gold, do you know the name? Was it Roy Jones? how about not Roy Jones? How about Oscar De La Hoya is oh, the light is the last lightweight gold medalist, 1992 Barcelona. Okay. Um, and so he's got a chance at gold. Uh, Richard Torres. And again, you may know that Keyshawn Davis didn't win the semifinal fight. Marquise and I don't know that we're assuming that he will. I mean, he had a big knockout win. Uh, in his fight over the French number one seed, he knocked him out in the second round with a big right hand, and the referee stopped the fight on a TKO. Keyshawn Davis got a lot of talent, um, obviously turned pro. Quick comment from you. How much do you think it helped he and Duke Reagan during the pandemic and the craziness to get some activity, to get some action, where with USA Boxing, they wouldn't have been fighting? That's the whole point. How much do you think it's helped both of those guys? I honestly teach that I think it's helped them all both tremendously, especially with Davis. Cause I think the one thing with Davis that's shown as well in his fight, especially on the amateur level, was that he's able to finish off these rounds in explosive fashion, which is something that he was doing at the pro level against very favorable opposition. So I really think that helped him out, especially with Reagan as well. And, and to piggyback your point as well, you mentioned earlier, TJ, I think it may have been fatigue, TJ. I mean, he had five amateur fights, and you know, you can only do so much in that, that short period of time. So yeah, I, I believe that these did it, it helped him both tremendously at all. Well, and that's the concern also for Keyshawn Davis that he's going to come back now and fight for the third time in like six days, days at the end of this week when he fights, if it all works out, Friday afternoon and then Sunday afternoon. So let's see what happens with him um, because, again, I'm, I'm interested. Uh, he's got stardom written all over him and the gold medal. You know, Kevin Ioli wrote something. Uh, very interesting on Yahoo Sports on Thursday afternoon that the gold medal used to mean everything in terms of branding and your pro career. It was the launching pad, essentially, for your pro career. And he went down the litany of fighters like De La Hoya, yeah. like, like Muhammad Ali, like Sugar Ray Leonard, pick one, Joe Frazier, George Foreman, uh, on and on, uh, that were launched by the Olympics. Roy Jones got robbed of his gold medal in South Korea in 88. He beat the South Korean uh, silly and yet the fight was fixed they had paid off and bribed two judges literally the south carolina the south carolina the okay. south korean <laughs> federation had bribed two judges to fix the fight but my point is all of these fighters had the olympics as a springboard you know meldrick taylor pernell whitaker mark breland 1984 uh jones as we mentioned in in 88 merciless ray mercer in 1988 oscar de la hoya in 92 it's not a springboard anymore marquise that was kevin ioli's column that it that it's just become um a wasteland of u.s amateur boxing and there are fewer and fewer uh bigger guys especially for heavyweight or whatever that want to box they instead want to play football they instead want to go to ufc they want to they want to go play hockey they want to go do something else besides box but maybe here, if they get some attention, the Duke Reagans, the Keyshawn Davises, the Richard Torres is coming off of this will inspire a little bit of hope for amateur boxing in this country again. 
I'm hoping so, TJ, because back in the old days, you know, you get the gold medal. I mean, I still think I have up somewhere like a couple of those boxes, you know, would go uh, you guys have to want the Wheaties box. I mean, it, it, that's that was a thing and it was well known. And now at this point, you may get a blip or um, a mention somewhere on, on social somewhere in, 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 the, in, in the back of some, of some Olympic blog. But no, I really hope with this with these gold medals that it gives these guys a bigger platform and it helps more than anything else. It gets these guys on a, pretty much on, on the bigger stage. It helps that these guys already are pretty much quasi pro. And hopefully with everything going back to normal a little bit, I know they're having the golden gloves, uh, TJ, this weekend, uh, just to try, try to kick back, that back up for the next Olympic cycle, at least. So at least there's a, they're bringing the crop back in for Americans to, to get, get back up and running because this, this, these last two classes, TJ, grant this last class with, with COVID and injuries has been a big, big problem. But now they have a chance of, you know, with, with four full years to re regroup all these guys again and hope we can get something going from this. And Keyshawn Davis again in a semifinal with an Armenian opponent. Um, and again, he is favored to be in the gold medal fight, which would be Sunday afternoon. The Torres gold medal fight that he's already locked into is the final fight of the Olympic boxing tournament. By the way, at the time we're taping O'Shea Davis, the female boxer is also going for gold, trying to join the likes of Clarissa Shields winning Olympic gold. So we're looking for some gold medalists. We know Duke Reagan has a silver. We know Torres at least has a silver. We know at the time we're taping Keyshawn Davis has at least a bronze and he may have a shot at gold or silver. By the way, uh, I went back and looked and it is, it's 1988 is the last time wow. that we had three silver or gold medalists in the same Olympics. That wow. is a long drought oh. on having three of them in the same Olympics. So we'll see if that is going to be the case coming up for gold or silver for all of the Americans as it plays out. I think with that, we're pretty much done. Anything else as we head out of here and towards the weekend, we're interested in the fight cards from Minneapolis to London and even the Tokyo Olympics wrapping up. Marquise, final thoughts? Just one quick point, TJ. Uh, uh, probably by the time we're recording this and hear this, you probably will know what happened with uh, Michael Conlon, who's in action uh, early Friday in, in Ireland, uh, taking on uh, TJ Donahue in a very tough fight, by the way, TJ, in a, in a uh, one in uh, one in 22 pound uh, title eliminator. It's kind of weird that he's actually fighting in, in this eliminator for the WBA, considering that he was the WBO mandatory for a while, but they, the belt currently held by Stephen Fulton, TJ. Of course, you all know that fight with, with, with for Colin being a mandatory is going to be on the back burn because Showtime and, and the fine folks at PBC have held that WBO belt hostage since Fulton won it. And there's a unification belt with Stephen Fulton, I think, next month actually against Brandon Figueroa. So he has, so Colin has to, has to go a different route with all of this. He's facing TJ Donahue. That's going to be interesting. Uh, also, TJ, those two the guys earlier in the week, by the way, some yeah. fireworks in the press conference yes. that I think is genuine. I think they genuinely do not like each other. So, again, that is a Friday night fight. ESPN Plus, Plus. has yeah. it. Uh, again, you may already know that result if you're listening on Saturday as the podcast is released. But that one, if you get it in advance or you can see it on replay, ESPN Plus afternoon on Friday. Marquise will be all over it for the website. Yeah. Uh, Friday night in Ireland, and he is a huge fan favorite, Conlon, in Ireland. We'll see how he does uh, for that. Anything else? One more thought? That was it, TJ. Outside of that, guys, uh, just check out the website, bigfightweekend.com. We'll be up to date on all of the shenanigans over the weekend. Uh, any any boxing news that pops up, maybe we get a Canelo fight. Maybe we get Canelo riding a horse. Either way, I'll keep an eye out for for Big Fight Weekend. Uh, also, any additional fight announcements as well. And hopefully we'll get uh, some resolution if, if Bebo can come over here or not, and like everybody else. Yes, indeed. Uh, we'll see if Dimitri Bivol materializes as an opponent for Canelo Alvarez. What happens with all these fights this weekend, Marquise? Great stuff. Thank you, sir. 
Thanks so much, DJ. Follow him at Weak Sauce Radio on Twitter. Follow us at Big Fight Weekend on Twitter. Find the website, bigfightweekend.com. We're also Big Fight Weekend on Facebook. Thanks to the Sports Gambling Podcast, helping promote us, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, their network fleet of shows. Uh, we'll see what happens in these fights. Minneapolis, London, the Olympics. Good luck to the U.S. Olympians going for gold. We know Richard Torres is for sure. We believe Keyshawn Davis will be going for gold this weekend. Let's see what happens uh, with his fights in the Olympics. We know we got one silver already with Duke Reagan on the men's side. So it's it's been a very interesting Olympic boxing tournament as it wraps up. For now, we are done. Read the website, bigfightweekend.com, for all the recaps, previews, recaps, all of that. We're back next week with some very interesting world championship fights all over the place for Saturday, August the 14th, next weekend. But that is next weekend. For now, we are done on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Bye.